Well, uh, how long has it been? Has it been three years? Yeah. yeah. It's been about four years since you've been in Colorado. Okay, four years since you've been in Colorado. Something happened to your kids in the meantime. <laughs> I think they're all taller than mom, and they're gaining on dad. Maybe one of them has even caught up. I can't quite tell. I didn't see you standing side by side, but... We, we're just thrilled to have you back with us today. It's so good to see you again. Um, and we're looking forward uh, to what you have to share with us. I know God is doing a great work um, through the School of Promise. Um, there have been some glitches along the way. I know that some other things were supposed to happen that didn't. And I guess uh, that's why you're here is to tell us about all those things. So God bless you, Joel, and anyone else that you choose to have share today. Come and... And uh, bring us up to date on what God is doing. Thank you. Well, good morning, everyone. We're so happy to be here with you. I don't say that just everywhere. Actually, I do, but I only mean it. In, oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> we really are happy to, to be here and to see all of your faces again and some new faces, but mostly faces that we know well and, and are so pleased to see again. And, and it has been a long time, and so we're so glad to be able to get back again and be with all of you. Um, <clears throat> the world has changed I guess you can say that uh, I've never had a time when I couldn't say that but uh, it's definitely definitely changed a lot and so I want to just share uh, a scripture uh, with all of you and uh, so we're looking at Acts 15 verses 36 to 41 looking at uh, a figure in the history of God's Word and in the, the world that is often referred to as the original missionary. Uh, we're looking at, at Paul here. and uh, So we'll, we'll read through this here. This is Acts 15, starting at verse 36. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preach the Word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia Strengthening the churches. Amen. Let's pray and then I'll share with you. You may be seated. Father, thank you. Thank you for bringing us together again and through some some storms that we have been weathering here in terms of culture, in terms of health, in terms of politics and just living life and it's been a challenge and we thank you we can come together again and encourage and be encouraged lord we just pray that you will speak through me 
and let your will guide all of us this morning together. We thank you for this time of fellowship. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So this was a little snapshot of something that happened with Paul in his ministry. And uh, it wasn't, uh, wasn't his, his best moment. <laughs> Uh, there was a sharp disagreement between Paul and, and Barnabas. And uh, it, was, it was so sharp that it actually led to a separation. And they went their separate ways uh, in ministry. And I think, I think that biblical historians would, would agree in general that time would prove Paul wrong here. He said, let's not bring John Mark with us. He's, he's not reliable. But uh, later on in his writings, later in the Bible, uh, Paul points out what a strong and important and encouraging member of the team John Mark really was in the end. And the first gospel uh, written in historical uh, time frame was the gospel of Mark, written by John Mark, the unreliable. (laughs) So... So I, I think that that time would prove Paul wrong on this. Yet he was so strong in his opinion that there was a, a sharp disagreement and even led to a separation. And uh, and so that's always a danger. It's always a danger for for all of us. And uh, we we've certainly had uh, opportunities for disagreement and and. Uh, Sometimes those agreements, disagreements can be sharp and can even lead to, lead to separation. We need to be careful about that. I was reading through that, uh, this passage this week and just thinking about what might have been. Uh, in the end, of course, God is God and He does good and He brings good things out of whatever situation. We don't mess up His plans. Uh, <laughs> I worry about that sometimes. Oh, what if I make the wrong choice? Um, we don't mess up his plans. He will still bring good. But what might have been? Uh, what was the best team to reach out to these churches where Paul and Barnabas had been the, the original ministers? Wouldn't it have been best for Paul and Barnabas to go back, both of them? And reconnect with those those churches, and of course Paul chose Silas, and that that was a wonderful thing. And Silas did end up uh, being a, a great leader. And Barnabas chose John Mark, and as we just mentioned, he, he ended up being a, a very great and important leader within the original early church. What if they had just been a a big team uh, all together, sort of a, an all star team? of Christian ministry, what might have been. Um, it's too bad that, that we, don't, we don't know that. Uh, I want to just mention something that we've been uh, talking about at uh, the School of Promise and Promise Church, which we just started during COVID. Uh, we had the opportunity to open Promise Church at the, the School of Promise. And uh, before we left and we're coming back, on our home assignment here, we, we were talking a lot about the word koinonia. And so I saw my kids pointed out to me just outside here on the wall, there's a sign that says koinonia on it there. 
And uh, that's the, the Greek word uh, in Scripture that we've kind of um, translated into English. Usually I think it's translated as fellowship. And so when they talk about the fellowship of the believers, they use this word koinonia. And so uh, I think maybe the word fellowship has been watered down a little bit over time because we often now talk about fellowship just any time we get together for pizza or ice cream. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing, well, there's very little more important than pizza and ice cream uh, in my book anyway. Uh, so those are wonderful things, but I think the, that term koinonia uh, really means a, a getting together, like we think, a joining together, but with a common goal. And it, there's a sense of striving, and there's a reason we're getting together beyond the pizza and ice cream, and beyond even just encouraging each other, which is a very critical piece of what we do when we get together for fellowship or koinonia. But there's a striving and there's a recognition that we have something we're trying to do. I think maybe I would translate, if, if we had the Joel commentary, which, praise the Lord, we do not, uh, I might call it teamwork uh, instead of fellowship. Because we're coming together with a, a very specific goal and, and we're striving toward a common uh, purpose. And so uh, we've been talking about that koinonia and fellowship in the sense of teamwork just in the, the last uh, uh, couple of months. And so that's why when my, my kids saw that sign up on in the hallway, they said, ah, Dad, koinonia. And I thought, wow, you guys actually did listen when I... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I know they listen because I drill them every time at lunch after church. So, so just a, a quick review. This is, this is our family, and that's a recent photo. Uh, and so, but that, that, uh, that wasn't us when we went on the field. We went on the mission field in 2008. And so um, Hezekiah was a little bit shorter at that time. Uh, he was eight months old, and Kirsten was three, had just turned three years old, and Daisy hadn't joined our family yet. And so that's, uh, that's 14 years ago that we went on the field, and we went with the mission to open the School of Promise. Our goal was to uh, provide hope and a future, like in Jeremiah 29:11, provide hope and a future that God has planned for people's lives by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, providing excellent education, and breaking the cycle of poverty and oppression. We knew that going into Thailand, human trafficking is a really major problem, and so many lives are shattered and destroyed uh, by that. And so we, we knew that we wanted to bring something that we had to give to these people was something that they needed. People in Southeast Asia and in Thailand uh, very highly value education. Sometimes we take it for granted, but it's something that's not usually taken for granted there. They, they see the importance of education and they know how this can really change not only a child's life for the future, but an entire family. And so we were going in to meet 
uh, felt needs, needs that people know they have. We, we have a much bigger need we want to, to, to meet for them in bringing the gospel to them, but they may not know that's their, their greatest need. They may feel it deep down, but they don't really understand it yet. So we go in and we meet a need they know they have by providing education. And as we do that, then we're also providing an opportunity for that family, for the child who may be struggling and uh, they don't know how to survive, bringing them to a point and showing them uh, that there is hope. And through education, they'll, they'll have needs met that will help to bring the child and the family out of that cycle of poverty and oppression. And as we go and meet people's needs, we earn their trust. As you go in and help people with something, we earn their trust. And that's critical because we have the truth. And that's our main reason for being still on this, this world, on this planet, is to bring the truth to people. We have that truth. But in order for me to receive the truth from you, I have to have something very important. And that's trust for you. Because you can tell me the truth, but if I don't believe you, it does no good at all. I need to trust you in order to receive the truth that, that you're bringing. So when we go and meet people's needs, then we earn their trust and then we can share the truth with them. So that's a very powerful, powerful thing. And education, school, uh, is, is on the top of my list of favorites uh, because we've got those kids as a captive audience all day, every day. <laughs> So we do have that opportunity. Those teachers have very, very uh, powerful impact on their students. I think we've all seen that in our lives, for good or for ill. And so education is very powerful in reaching children and in reaching their families. From day one, a, a parent brings you their child You've got their trust. <laughs> They're not going to bring you their child if they don't have some level of trust. And the more you do in sowing into the lives of, of that ch- uh, those children, the more then you build that trust with their parents. These are some of our cutest kids. Uh, <laughs> we like to show... Uh, what we're doing there, and this is one of our Thai national teachers, and she's working with uh, some of our second grade students that have just gone up to, to grade three. During COVID, our grade one uh, teacher was not able to come, and these kids were in grade one at that time. So I got to be their teacher. Uh, my family's kind of snickering, like, got to be? Man, he complained and complained. I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a teacher of small children. And uh, so I, I did get to teach them, and it was really wonderful. But I was sure drained. So if any of you are uh, first grade teachers, um, please consider joining us. Uh, we get to work with these these children, and as we work with them, we get to to build trust, and we get to share Jesus with them, and it has an impact. I'm going to tell you a story about one of our students. Um, this is Mary. And she joined the School of Promise uh, around the age of seven. Her family is not Christian. She's from, uh, she's from a village outside of the city where we work, just kind of up in the hills. A uh, village is called Banpong. Banpong. It's a little hard to remember. Um, just think of ping pong. It's, but it's Banpong. 
And so Banpong is a very heavily Buddhist community. Uh, there's a lot of spiritualism and Buddhism wrapped together, animism, where people worship spirits and they follow Buddhism. And uh, Mary's family is no exception to that. There's no church in that community. Uh, but there is a small community center called the Hosea Center. There's a small community center that's been operating there for over 10 years, uh, run by some Christian missionaries. And uh, they have been running it for some time. And some of their students that they've done after-school programs and VBS and that kind of thing have grown up over the years and they've come to faith in the Lord. And now they're working with, with the center. And so the Hosea Center found out about the School of Promise as we were opening up. And, and so they supported the education for Mary and a few other children from the community. They went to their families and said, would you be interested in going to this uh, bilingual school that are teaching English uh, down in the city? And we'll, we'll find a way to provide transportation and we'll help with the educational costs. And so then working with the Hosea Center, we were able to work with Mary and her family and several other children from Banpong community. So over the years, we've been working uh, with Mary, and she's been with us uh, quite a few years now. She started about age seven, and now uh, she's 15. So we've been working with her uh, about half of her life. And over the years, she's been hearing the Bible stories that we share and that the, the teachers teach, and she's been watching the teachers live their lives, and she's come to faith in Christ. And so this last year, uh, we opened Promise Church at the School of Promise uh, for the first time, and we let the children know, if you're interested in joining us uh, for, for church and for worship, please let us know. We'd love to have you join. And if you're interested in becoming a part of this, uh, we would love to sit down with you and with your family. And so Mary was one of those kids who came forward and said, I want to do that. And so we had a baptism uh, this last year, first time at the, at the school. We did a baptism uh, several years ago, but this was the first time at the school. Next slide there. And so this is Mary getting baptized. And we had a couple of students that got baptized as we started uh, the Promise Church ministry. So we see this wonderful fruit. It was not a go in and we share the gospel and by the end of the day or the end of the week, you know, baptism. This was years and years of working uh, with Mary and with her family. And, and as I said, her family's not Christian. But her mother then drove her down on her motorcycle out of Banpong village down to the city, down to the school for the baptism. And then she would drive her down for Sunday morning worship as well. And so, praise God, you know, she was putting as much effort into this, this whole thing as anyone. And so... We've been very, very excited to be able to be a part of that and to reach into Mary's life and her family. We go up and visit uh, the community and visit the families. Well, the folks at the Hosea Center saw the fruit of some of this and they saw that, that we're going up and visiting the families and connecting with the community. And they came to us and said, we... Uh, we're growing and expanding in our ministry. We're, we're being asked to help out in other areas. 
and do this same kind of pioneering work and do different things. And, and we just feel like we're not able to focus on the Hosea Center and Bonbone community as much as we have and as much as we should. So would you take it? Happy birthday. <laughs> so, so that's one of those birthday presents like an AK-47. Like, wow, that's kind of cool, but I'm scared. Uh, that's the Hosea Center. Very powerful. Very scary. Uh, we run a school. We don't know how to run a community center in a heavily non-Christian community. But that's the door that the Lord has opened. And so... We said, all right, let's 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 continue talking. Let's figure out how to do this. And we started meeting with the people there and those who've been involved at the Hosea Center are very excited and they're saying, please come join us. This is great. We're just ready to jump off. We're ready to plant a church here in this community. We're, we're ready to just continue working in, in the lives of, of these students uh, who are coming to us from all over this, this community. And... Uh, the, the spiritual forces of darkness are are really pushing against us, and so we know this is it. This is time. <laughs> the more trouble you have, the the closer you probably are. <laughs> and uh, so the the local um, the local Buddhist monk who runs the local temple is very opposed to the Hosea Center, very opposed to Christianity, which is. Not that normal. Um, usually in Thailand, the Buddhist authorities and the, the monks um, traditionally are, are pretty passive and they don't care about the churches. It might be because the churches are not that effective, so they don't care about them. But here the Hosea Center is having a huge impact and people's lives are changing and the head of the, the Buddhist temple there is saying, we don't like these Christians. So they have loudspeakers in the community every morning. They start up in the morning somewhere around 6 to give community uh, announcements. It's a wonderful cultural norm. 6 a.m. every morning. Wake up, everybody! Saturdays, I don't like that. Uh, So they give the community announcements, and oftentimes the monk will come on the community announcements saying, "Uh, welcome, everybody. It's another great day in the community. Don't go to that Hosea Center. Uh, don't send your kids over there. Um, so, but the kids are still coming, and uh, and we see that that there's an impact, and we're very excited to to open that new chapter. And uh, at the same time, we're asking ourselves, how are we going to do this? We've got a school to run. We we're short of teachers as it is, um, but we're seeing that these kids, like Mary, are growing up, and they're saying, I want to be involved. I want to do this. I want to follow Jesus. And so we have the chance to teach them the next level of, okay, now you've understood who Jesus is and how to follow Him in the sense of do what your parents tell you to do and be a good child. Now it's a, okay, now it's time to live your faith and reach out to your friends and reach out to your community and show them that the Christians aren't the boogeyman and, and it's not a scary thing. And, and, and Well, maybe it is a scary thing, but in a good way, right? Christianity is scary good. You can quote me on that. <laughs> As a missionary, that's one of the first things we have to figure out is that for all these people, they need to understand that Christianity is scary good. <laughs> in the Chronicles of Narnia, right? C.S. Lewis talked about Aslan, the lion. He's not a tame lion, and uh, the little child asked the beaver, 
well, a lion, well, is he quite safe? And he says, of course he's not safe, but he's good. And that's Christianity. So we really appreciate uh, all of you. And this is kind of where we bring it all together in this whole, what was he talking about pizza and ice cream before? Where's that tie-in? Koinonia. And we're working with the, this uh, Hosea Center. And we're, we're, they're being stretched. They've been figuring out how to drive kids twice a day out of the mountains for how many years. And uh, so they've been stretched. We're being stretched because they're asking us, could you please do this now? And uh, so we're all working together. We see this very important thing that we're, we're joining together and striving toward. And it's not just us. Mary's been supported by people praying for her specifically all these years. She's got a sponsor, got a picture of her up on their fridge, and so they pray for her every day. And they send support to help us keep going and, and pay for the school. And, and the Hosea Center is getting funding to help run their truck to bring the kids to and from school. We have all these people who aren't physically there, they're physically here. And so that koinonia means that we're a team and we've got that teamwork and we really appreciate you as members of our team because we're joining together even though we're thousands of miles apart. And so thank you for your part in Mary's story and in our stories. I want to close with um, uh, just sharing. We've got prayer cards with that same beautiful picture of our family. And so we want to just, uh, any of you who would like to take one, we want to give those to you. The back of it is kind of blank. And so with this one, don't put it up on your fridge. I had a friend of, of mine explain this to me. Don't put it up on your fridge because when you're getting the milk out, you see our, our beautiful faces and you say, wow, those, those are beautiful people. <laughs> Except the guy. Uh, you see it and you oh, I remember that. Yeah, nice people. But when you've got it in your Bible, maybe as a place marker, that's when you're ready to pray. And so I encourage you to use that as a Bible bookmark. And the back of it is kind of blank. So maybe you can just write down some of those other prayer requests that we prayed about this morning and the prayer requests that are going on. You can use that as kind of a, it's not really a, a prayer journal, but maybe a prayer prayer postcard and you can just write some prayer requests on the the back of it and keep it in your Bible and remember to pray for Mary and for our family and and the whole ministry there but also just the things that are happening here in this community Um, and please let us know those things too we want to be praying for you our Thai national teachers are the best because we pray together every morning before school starts and they always ask me and they want to know What do we need to be praying for for all of our supporters back in the U.S. or wherever they may be? And whenever I say, gee, I don't know, they look at me like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Please let me know uh, what prayer concerns are are happening here that we can be sharing as well. Because again, Koinonia, it's it's a team. We're a team and we have the most critical uh, goal to reach on earth. Thank you again, and let's just close with prayer if we can do that. Father, thank you. Thank you for teamwork. Thank you for fellowship. Thank you for the pizza and the ice cream, but thank you for uh, 
not just the encouragement that we have for each other, but, but the ways that you use us to spur each other on and to accomplish these things that, that we look back after many years of input and see lives changed. And changed lives then go on and change more lives. And we thank you for that. We thank you for using even us to accomplish your goals in this world. We thank you, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Stay where you're at. I need your help. Okay. Well, um, we want to take an offering, um, but your situation is a little different. Um, first of all, there's the School of Promise that kind of had, has its own fundraising thing. Then there is your family. You are Nazarene missionaries in Thailand. Um, back, I think it was in 2008, when the economy tanked and, and we started doing uh, support for m- Nazarene missionaries a little differently from that point on. Always before, we would supported them 100%. Mm-hmm. But now some are supported 100%, some are partially supported, and the rest... You have to raise yourselves. And I think you guys are still kind of in that place, correct? Yeah. yeah. Now, I hope you're headed toward the full support thing, but I don't know. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> I don't know where we're at in, as far as the leadership and the decisions they make. But so, um, we want to take an offering this morning. And um, I, I know there's opportunity. You can go online. You can give, uh, what is it, through his. Is that what it is to support yeah. the School of Promise? Yeah. Um, but I think what we want to do today is take an offering to support so you can keep feeding your kids. <laughs> we kind of think that you're doing pretty well so far, I guess. I mean, I don't know what they feed them there in Thailand, but it's working. So, um, but we, we, and if, uh, who are our ushers that are helping us right now? Go ahead and if you'd come forward. So this offering we're taking is what we would call a deputation offering specifically for the Vanderkoy family and your personal support. Am I, am I on base here? That sounds great. Thank okay, you. good. Okay. So I just want you to know that. You can go online. There's I know I get emails from the School of Promise, and you can support them. But what we're doing this, this morning is making sure that there's still food on the table and a roof over their heads and those kinds of things so they, they can keep doing what they're doing um, in Thailand with the School of Promise and the community center. And someday they're hoping to get you to Myanmar still, I think. Um, that kind of blew up with COVID and uh, civil conflict there. Yeah. But so there's there's a lot in store for uh, the Vanderkoys yet. God has great plans for them, and we want to make sure that they can keep doing those things. And it takes money. Amen. Say so, so. Let's pray. Thank you, Joel. Thank you. Father, um, we come to you today. Uh, just. What a privilege. Um, we consider the Vandercores part of our own family right here at Longmont. Uh, I remember that year that they were home and we're, just had the opportunity to, to come and be a part of us um, uh, so often. And we developed those bonds. Uh, that, that koinonia formed, I think, at that point. And, and it goes on. And, Father, we want to be involved in supporting their family and the work that they're doing, what you've called them to do. I just, 
I, I just appreciate, the, I guess you'd call their philosophy of ministry and, and how they're going about changing lives through the gospel and education and the hope that both of those can give to the lives of children and their families. So, Father, as we give today, help us to remember, first of all, um, that we have, even though we're thousands of miles apart, an opportunity to be involved in the lives of children and their families and the Vanderkoy family in Thailand. May we give generously in support of that which is eternal, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.